Welcome to A Shame the Thrones, your weekly recap podcast for HBO's uh, butt chug of a TV show, A Game of Thrones. Now, Brian, do you remember the whole uh, butt chug uh, phenomenon? It's one of these things where, like, the the newspapers, you know, somebody publishes it someplace and it sounds so outrageous, and they say it's an epidemic and people are talking about it, and it's just like a ridiculous like news story, kind of like the rainbow parties. I think it would. I think it was happening, and then I think uh, that might have been replaced with the uh, vodka douches up the butt. Uh, vodka douches up the butt. Yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, that seems more civilized than uh, butt chugging. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, the problem is, I just have so many things up there. I don't even know. If I get yeah, that. I mean, you got not, not douche. Uh, not, not douche. Um, uh, the uh, female. Um, <clears throat> we don't know anything uh, you about know what? female parts. Yeah. So let's just move on. Okay, so uh, welcome everybody. Uh, this is exciting. We're starting season three of Game of Thrones. Uh, get hyped. Um, uh, I guess let's talk about season three in general. Uh, up until now, the show's seasons have followed the books. Like uh, season one was pretty much the first book, Game of Thrones. Season two was Clash of Kings, the second book. Uh, and now, but season three is the third book. Uh, and they just break it up into the following two st- seasons, uh, or this season and the following season, season three and four. Uh, so we get a lot of stuff in here. So, like, I'm not going to know, remember what's in what season. I don't know if uh, we see, like, the Viper this season or if that's next season. I don't remember. Regardless, some big things are happening in the next two uh, seasons. This is the best book, in my opinion, or just like it's a payoff. There's all sorts of climaxes. So, um,. I'm excited, or, eh, I'm going to say excited. Looking forward to uh, this slog of reviewing this television show. Uh, thoughts about season three, Look, going into it, Brian? I don't remember either what happens where, uh, but I do remember enjoying this book quite a bit as well. Right. So, and the last season was kind of boring. I, I think I remember this season picking up um, quite a bit in comparison to the last season. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um Overall impressions or immediate instant impressions of this particular episode? I, I I don't know. I'm not sure what to think. I'd like to hear your thoughts on uh, it. Actually, I had the same non-committal uh, feeling about it. I mean, this is a table-setting episode where we're checking in on everybody, um, and I really don't feel strongly one way or the other, so um, I guess that's all right. Right. Yeah, it was an interesting hour of television. Uh, you, you have to give it that at least. Yeah, absolutely. I wasn't bored or I mm-hmm. wasn't complaining that they spent too much yes. time in one place. They seemed to go around and they didn't overstay their welcome with one character. Um, even Danny, I felt like they, they had the appropriate amount of Danny in this and she wasn't too annoying, mainly because she didn't really talk much. Um, yeah, there were no absolute shit scenes in it. Um, yeah. Yeah, there was some actually some good ones. So let's let's launch into it. So for, first, we start. Uh, we're at the fist. We hear a battle. See Sam running. Inexplicably, was not killed by the White Walkers or the Whites. He sees a mound and surprised a headless brother. A White approaches to attack, but he's saved by Ghost and Mormont. Uh, Mormont asks Sam if he sent the Ravens, which Sam admits he did not. Apparently, this was Sam's only job. He's supposed to warn the brothers at the Night's Watch. If the uh, whites or the, the uh, undead attack them, uh, Sam looks fat and stupid, uh, more or less, and uh, the men begin walking home to warn the others that the White Walker army is coming. So, obviously, I have problems with this. Uh, first one, and I, I, I hope you'd agree with it, this is some budget 
saving bullshit uh, about not seeing the scene. Uh, this is uh, a tactic that uh, a friend of ours making a, a sh- you know an independent film did. Um, instead of actually having the battle happen, he faded to black and just had a bunch of people screaming and stabbing and you know noises. Um, so this is kind of some chicken shit. Fucking, I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, because we know later that the power of the whites and the undead, uh, the White Walker army, is so strong. What the fuck happened here where these clowns could just walk out of this with no issues? I right, mean, and we don't get a sense of scale, like how many people yeah. died. Mm-hmm. We don't know. We only see one dead person. For all we know, that's the only person who died. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if it's the same white army that we saw, or even a fraction of that we saw at Hardhome, every single one of these fuckers would be dead right now. Right, you know? it's just... Uh, I understand budget, uh, you know, uh, but this sh- there could have been another way. I, I and I I get mad at myself because we don't have any feedback from our listeners besides uh, Shamushu or whatever his name is. But um, I try not to shit all over the show and not for any solutions. So let's kind of brainstorm this real quick. Uh, how could have this been better? Ooh, I don't know. They just cut to like um, a couple guys getting killed by some zombies and then them retreating real quick. Like going, oh, there's a way down the mountain this way. Here we go. I don't know. Uh, it just, it just, it just makes me angry that uh, they didn't think creatively on how to solve this problem. I mean, think of yeah, what happened a, with Hardhome. Uh, yeah, just a small, a small portion of the army. We're made to understand this is more like a, a search party or a ranging party from the White Walkers as opposed to the, the their army. Right. All right, but and number two, okay, let's try to help me understand this. So, in the books, drink, uh, Sam, it was his responsibility to save the Ravens, but you know what? It made a little bit more sense because Sam was in the fucking camp with everybody else. How the fuck was Sam supposed to send Ravens when he was out digging latrines in the snow uh, two miles away from the base camp with uh, Gren and whatever, Dolores? It, Sam, Charlie, did you send the Ravens? Sam should have been, how the fuck was I supposed to save the Ravens? These people attacked and I was outside the goddamn camp. Go fuck yourself. Yes, I'm fat. I'm trying to deal with it. I don't need you giving me shit, Mormit. Oh, it makes I thought the same thing. Yeah, I mean, unless he, instead, I don't know where, and that's a part of, another part of the issue. We don't know, have any clue as to where he is (laughs) with relationship. You just have no clue. Yeah, yeah. So... Uh, I agree with you. Makes me, it just makes me angry. Uh, like I said, I, I I I I'm not expecting big things. You don't have to like blow your load here. Just just have it make sense. And once again, it was uh, them trying to change, make changes from the books, and then going back to what happens in the books, and it just doesn't compute. All right. Um, uh, so I think we go uh, north of the wall now, uh, and we're with John. Uh, he's brought into the Wildling camp. John marvels at seeing a giant. Um, and Egret just continues to fuck with him by talking shit uh, in his ear. Uh, he's brought into Mance's tent, and he mistakes Tormund, uh, Giant Spane, who we meet for the first time, for Mance, and he kneels in front of him. Uh, they all make fun of him. Uh, you know, then uh, the guy from Rome turns out to be Mance, and he starts to question John. It gets a little tense, and he asks him why you want to join. Uh, his first answer is insufficient, but then... John's real reason is he saw White Walker take um, Craster's kid, and Mormont knew all about it and did nothing, uh, and says he wants to be on the right side, the the side that fights for the living. Uh, this is real dumb. Your thoughts? Yeah, a lot of it. I did like seeing the Giants for the first time. Yeah, I this thought is the they first did a great time job. 
Of, of, yeah, of but in the book, like. I think they were like uh, like more like giant ape people. I don't even think they wore clothes. I think they were just like giant hairy yeah, people. Yeah, they tried to. You know what this looked like? This looked like the Prometheus uh, guy, only with the hair. Uh, yeah, they, they yeah, put a little bit yeah. of prosthetics on his forehead and his nose, but other than that. Mm-hmm. So in the books, were there a lot more giants? Uh, there were definitely. They had multiple giants, and they had uh, like woolly mammoths, I think, too. Which the obviously the show has to cut budget. I understand that shit. But yeah, I, I don't know that we ever saw more than this two or it. three giants think, at a time. Yeah, you see this this giant. We see one that gets killed uh, during the attack on the wall, and then uh, what is it, Wan Wan? Well, yeah, one one, yeah. I, t- I thought it's odd that like everybody in this camp has the same uniform somehow. Like, how do yeah. they all have the exact same colors? Like, they're the Confederate Army or something. <laughs> yeah, maybe I they mean, were doing a reenactment. Uh, yeah, but I guess I it's know. what seal skin or something. It's gray, nondescript, um, and I guess it just makes John stand out by having a slightly, you know, gray outfit or a black outfit, making him look like a crow. Uh, yeah, I guess that makes sense. It still looks odd that they're that bad. uniform. So when Egret's uh, walking him around the camp, did you find it strange it was kind of just the two of them and he's unchained? Like, they've already accepted him yeah. into the... I mean, I, I don't know. I don't well, know. they cut him loose right away after he killed the guy. <laughs> yeah, which was silly enough. Which was silly enough, but I guess if you if you just look past that and you accept that and you... I guess it's not bad, but yeah, it's, it's far-fetched. Um... That didn't bother me that much. I will say it sure. was nice to meet Tormund for the first time. Yeah, especially when you, if you know how cool he is eventually. I did think that both Mance and also the Lord of Bones, when he took his helmet off, they just kind of look like doofuses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not very kingly, I didn't think. The Lord of uh, the Lord of Bones definitely looks like, you know, what you expect, like the World of Warcraft guy. Um, uh, yeah, he looks like he's be driving a white van, a white <laughs> windowless van, kind of. Um, but I feel like that, that John, it seems like in this episode is where John starts to transition from just being a, a mopey punk to actually being... Uh, not quite a slack jaw throughout every single scene. Yeah. Uh, one other thing is I didn't like his speech or his reason for switching sides. I didn't think it was no. convincing. Uh, in the book, he goes on this, uh, you know, what was me pitiful tirade about being a bastard, which, you know, all great lies use a nugget of truth. Uh, and he was able to, like, call forth his frustration that he never even realized because he never gave voice to it about being a bastard and being, you know, you know, shat upon by Catelyn, at least. <laughs> right. Um, well, also, why would uh, why would Mance believe him if he said, give me your answer? He gave one answer. And he says, no, give me the real answer. Gives me a, <laughs> gives him a second answer. I mean, why did he say, no, give me the real okay, answer? Okay, so the first answer was wrong. Did you lie? Yeah. Oh, you lied? Okay, but this next one's going to be true. Yeah, it's <laughs> silly. Kind of silly stuff. Uh, uh, whatever. Yeah. So next, uh, we go to we go back up to King's Landing. We see some kids jumping into the Blackwater where the battles just occurred. Transitions to Bronn, and he's with a lady of the evening. Uh, there's some blah, blah, blah. Uh, Pod interrupts to tell him that Tyrion is in need of him. Uh, we see Tyrion looking at his face in the mirror. Cersei arrives to taunt Tyrion. And it's funny here, she mentions that she heard that he lost his nose, which, of course, right. book readers know that he actually loses his nose in the in the book. So it's a little bit of a, a hat tip to the uh, to the the book readers, probably yeah. a fedora tip in this situation. <laughs> um, Tyrion thinks that she's there to kill him, but eventually lets him in. Cersei is apparently concerned with wanting to know why he has scheduled a meeting with uh, Tyrion, Tywin later. 
who apparently Tyrion has not seen Tywin despite uh, presumably some amount of time elapsing in the in the interim. Uh, Cersei's apparently very worried about uh, Tywin or Tyrion slandering her and Joffrey to Tywin. Uh, I guess it was, uh, and I wasn't entirely clear what the potential slander was other than yeah. possibly the assassination attempt or the Joffrey, uh, who's his real dad thing is. Yeah. It didn't make a whole lot of sense. Uh, there was a lot of veiled yeah. threats. Um, they seem to just be child childish bickering between siblings. So I don't know. There's not like Tyrion knows a big secret that Tywin doesn't know, I guess, besides the whole Jamie and her having sex and having that's the children. A, back. That's a pretty big secret. Yeah. But at the same time, like, uh, there's no way Tyrion's gonna tell Tywin because then Tyrion would lose power as well because he's a Lannister. So like, uh, he could blow up the family, but I don't think he's in that place yet. So I don't think there's any fear of him telling uh, Tywin about that. Plus, Tywin already knows the rumors because I think uh, Stannis sends it out to everybody in those Ravens in last yes. season. So. Yeah, it wouldn't be new information. So I don't, I don't see what slandering he could do besides just talking shit about her. Yeah, and I don't think that Tyrion has definitive evidence or anything at this point that Jamie is the real dad. I mean, I think it'd be the same as other, you know, because right. if even if he went and said she admitted it to me, well, she's just going to deny it, and of right. course Tywin will deny it as well. So I didn't really understand the point of the scene. I, I didn't understand the point of the scene as uh, as well or either. If only to just check in on the two characters, and uh, that's it. Yeah, and then show that they're still at odds. Yep. Now, is this the first time that they've seen each other since the assassination attempt? I'm guessing, since um, yeah. no one has come to see Tyrion, sounds like. Right, right. Whatever. All right, um, so Braun shows up after, uh, you know, I guess Podrick finally shows up with him, um, and... He runs into two Kingsguard guys uh, outside of Tyrion's room because the, he's, they're escorting the queen, who's talking to Tyrion right now. And Bronn starts talking shit. They start talking shit right back. And it's another one of this, these stupid interactions where it almost comes to blows. Yes. Um, but who gives a shit? <laughs> number number yeah. one. I wasn't... I, like, I know this was... Uh, okay, so I know I knew this was show invention, so I probably didn't give a shit anyway. But I'm, I'm trying to think, even if I was a viewer, I'm like, I, I like Braun, but uh, I don't like. I I wouldn't think that he'd be any real danger here. Uh, so I don't know what this scene is besides another one of these blue ball uh, scenes that we talk about. Uh, like, remember it was last episode or two two episodes ago during the Blackwater where Hound. Yeah. And Bronn almost get into a fight. They almost pull out their swords and they're stopped at the last minute by, in this case, Tyr- uh, Cersei leaving Tyrion's room. Uh, just real dumb shit, right? Yeah, I think so too. It's kind of a tease that he keeps going for those knives. I, I don't remember him killing anybody with those knives that he has, even though they look kind of badass. And, you know, anybody you think that was facing him and knew of his reputation, as soon as they saw his hands go behind him, I mean, I think you can get your sword out quicker and slice them. You know yeah, what I mean? it's like almost like a dueling situation. You don't want to like, you know, you don't want to be the second guy to pull out your gun in a shootout. So yeah, that doesn't exactly. make a lot of sense. Um, so they also said that he was Sir Bron of the Blackwater. Is that is that his actual name? Yeah. Like, so uh, they skipped all this in the show, but in the books, he gets yeah. knighted. A whole bunch of people get like knighted for their service to the city. So Tywin and Joffrey are like. 
you get a knighthood, and you get a knighthood, and you get a knighthood. So he, Bronn gets uh, like a small holding, a small bit of land, because that's what you need to be a, a knight. And I imagine they just take it from uh, one of the traders in this case, somebody who's sure. a house reliant to Stannis or, or pledged to Stannis. And they just, you know, it's the spoils of war. So, uh, yeah, uh, Bronn is knighted, but we don't see it. But so, I, I, so I thought that the um, if you were a knight, you were the knight of the place where you lived, not not like this bay out in front of King's <laughs> Land. I thought that was kind of odd. Uh, I'm not sure what it is. Well, yeah, I, I don't know what Davos – I think Davos gets knighted. Um, and I don't think he has a, a place. You're right. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, who cares? But uh, later, uh, Bronn and Tyrion are doing a little stroll around the city. and The old uh, Aaron Sorkin walk and talk. <laughs> the old Aaron Sorkin. Only the dialogue is a little bit more, uh, let's say, elementary. And uh, Bronn is basically asking for, says he needs more money to protect Tyrion. And Tyrion's worried because he no longer has any powers. Um, you know, all his tribesmen are gone. He's no longer Hand of the King. And he's living in, like... I guess what is a you know a shitty studio apartment um, in New York instead of you know uh, at the Plaza or whatever he was listen- living at before, um, but yeah, Braun is just basically asking money and uh, we get this awesome like I guess a joke and I it's become a, a running joke now in season six with uh, Jamie promising Braun money because Tyrion says at one point I don't even know exactly how much I'm paying you now um, and you want more money so we never get like. They leave the details vague about what the agreement is to pay Braun. Um, yeah, is there more detail in the books about that? No, I don't. I don't think so. I I, I know he gets <clears throat> rewarded with the the knighthood, but we don't see like Braun cashing a check that's you know from period. <laughs> yeah, you got one of those giant uh, <laughs> one of those giant uh, publishers clearinghouse checks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know if he gets p- paid uh, bi monthly or uh, if it's just one yeah. lump sum. He goes down to the flea bottom um Amscott. But yeah, cash. but yeah, you know he's getting a cash advance. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um so, another thing I did like too is uh just like the little kids in the water with all those broken ships in the bay, uh we see the the city getting rebuilt. There's like a broken tower in the background. Um and I like that little bit of detail. Yeah, that is good. Some of the you know, now that we've seen the relationship uh, develop fully through the seasons. Some of it is getting a little bit repetitious. The, the the back and forth. I mean, some of this is almost cut and paste from you know the first conversations in the hills, and yep. they're fun and interesting, but uh, they're not really adding a whole lot to the show. I don't think. Yeah, I think um, that's why they get in. They like try to spice it up with like the Patrick's got a big dick kind of like storyline. Uh, have them have yeah. like new experiences instead of just the same. Uh, yeah, because yeah, you're absolutely right. It seems a lot of redundancies with their interactions but it's fun i I like the two of them on the screen together so no no anger um so next we see davos on a rock Uh, as we know his fate was unresolved at the end of the last episode um he is picked up by some uh stannis friendly dudes uh i just don't know what are those guys doing there i mean presumably and let's let's stop here so presumably this is somewhere near blackwater right i I mean mean, he didn't (laughs) you you can't think he like traveled 100 miles uh, yeah, this is an outcast situation. Right. You um, mean uh, so, like stank on you? No, or bombs yeah, over exactly. Baghdad? Yeah, yeah. Aquamini type situation. <laughs> um, so where the heck is he? 
And then if he's near Blackwater, what the heck are these dudes that are are not friendly to King's Landing doing around there? Unless they're trying to to rescue people. I, I didn't really follow that. Yeah, didn't make a lot of sense. Okay, uh, so it yeah, turns it's out not he was, really, it's not really made clear in the books either. But I will just tell you that uh, there was like a moment of fate where uh, you know the guy asked, "Which king do you serve?" and um, he like saw like their sails or something and did like a like a uh, educated guess upon th- that they would be loyal to Stannis. So, um, oh, gotcha. See, I I kind of took away from, and I, I know I read the books, but I forgot. I only read them once, and I, you know I don't have a, a particularly good memory of some of these details. Um, but I, I thought I interpreted it more as uh, Davos is a guy who will tell the truth or be fo- forthright. And that's right. the reason. That, that he's no, that is definitely how it's presented. But he does make note of their like clothes, and I think they're Tyrashi or something like that. Um, oh, okay. In, in the book, but yeah, it, it, and on this, what they leave leave out is he has a religious moment where he's, you know, he's, you know, obviously malnourished and uh, slowly uh, dying of dehydration. Uh, but he, at some point, the mother talks to him, where he like hears the mother's voice. Um, and she's saying the reason why you're in this predicament is because you turned away from us. You burned us. Um, and this is how he gets the idea to murder the red woman as well. Oh, that, just, yeah. all just like, this is all blown over in the show. Yeah, that would be, that would explain a lot more, um, than what was in the scene. So turns out he was rescued by a uh, salad bars, man. And, um, salad very nice. Bar. Yeah. Salad bar, um, and Davos kind of bring each other up to speed. Davos is uh, Rando's son is dead. Uh, Salad Bar. No big loss Since there. That, <laughs> St- yeah, St- yeah, that fucking guy. Stannis is alive, but um, he's only seeing Melly Mel. Melly Mel is burning uh, the heathens and uh, sacrificing them to the Lord of the Light. Davos begs to be taken to kill Melly Mel, but Salad Bar is very reluctant for reasons that are not entirely clear to me other than maybe he wants to save his friend from uh, committing suicide by a cop. Uh, but he eventually agrees to drop uh, drop, um, drop uh, Davos off yes, at uh, Castor Lady Rock so they can attempt to murder Melisandre. You mean Dragonstone, but I got you. So, uh, yeah, the only thing is it turns out Salazar doesn't want to see Stannis because he feels like he's been stiffed on the deal. He helped out, uh, and he was supposedly expecting a big payout for his help in. Oh yeah, Stannis he thought he'd be able rebellion. to. He, he thought he'd be able to rape Cersei. Yeah, that was part of the deal. That's right. Yeah. Uh, now that things have been normalized, he might get his chance. Um, but uh, going back to the going back to the show, um, yeah, I I don't understand why he would be against going to Dragonstone. It's not like. I'm sure he doesn't want to see Stannis. He's probably pissed off at him, but he's not going to like attack Stannis or like. So I don't know why. No, I mean, a- they lost the battle. I mean, I think if he if he has any sense about him, he has to realize that there's no guarantee of getting the prize if the prize involves uh, winning a, a war. You know, might, he might be upset that Stannis overestimated his odds of winning the thing. But yeah, I don't know but why would he be. I wouldn't be afraid to go there. No, I, no. I, the only thing, the only explanation I have for it is that he doesn't want to see his friend Davos killed. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah. as part of that, it's the only explanation I think. Right. Uh, I guess it makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So Rob and Roose uh, show up with their army at Harrenhal. They find it abandoned, with over two hundred Northmen uh, being slaughtered and left, you know, strewn about. Um, Karstark is still pissed about Jamie being on the loose after he murdered uh, his son. Sons, plural, I guess. 
and Rob uh, has his mother locked up in a cell. Talisa and Rob find a wounded maester named Kyburn, um, and they nurse him back to health. Uh, not a whole hell of a lot happens here. Besides, we get to meet Kyburn. Yeah, that was interesting. I forgot that we met him prior. I did not remember. And he plays a p- pretty uh, pivotal role in the show later on, of course. Um, did this does this uh, sacking like this happen, or this mass execution of prisoners happen in the books? Absolutely pretty, not. Pretty goddamn brutal. No, um, no, not at all. The way the okay. way Heron Hell uh, changes hands is the uh, Vargo Holt uh, turns on the Lannisters after uh, the Mountain leaves. Um, and, uh, Arya's death wish number three that she gets from Jaken, uh, is to free, uh, a bunch of Northmen that were captive in the cells and the Northmen with the help of Vargo Hope, uh, take the castle for Roose Bolton, but Rob is nowhere, uh, even in the area. So what the heck was the point of this? Uh, to meet Guybert? Okay. <laughs> and Kyburn, uh, you know, Kyburn is a maester or an ex maester, not even a maester, like a maester that was robbed of his or stripped of his. Um, excommunicated. Know, excommunicated. Great word. Um, but he was rolling with the uh, the mummers or the bloody mummers or the um, the brave companions, whatever you want to call them. Vargo Hote, who, the character we don't even meet. Basically, a bunch of cell uh, uh, swords, um, a cell sword company that's. Uh, flip sides a couple times but anyway uh kyburn gets in good with jamie treats him when he gets his hand cut off um and that's how he gets to king's landing in the books uh right. just by jamie um but not a whole lot to the scene i felt like it was kind of pointless besides hey here's rob remember rob yeah and this couldn't have been a particularly cheap scene considering the number of people in the scene or what if those were fake bodies or it a lot not, of extras at the addition. very least yeah yeah. So, anyways, those extras got to make uh, you know like ten bucks an hour, and then you know times by not two hundred because they said there were two hundred. There were maybe I don't know fifty, sixty people lying about, but still you got to pay those people all day. Yeah, you could have done it, something with that fist of the fourth men's or first men scene. Exactly. And what was Cat doing just walking around? I would have had her. If I was Rob, I would have had her in like the cage that Jockin was in in the prior episodes. Yeah, well, she already betrayed the family, you know? Yeah, but um, it's kind of like white-collar prison where, you know, these people, you know, even when they're locked up or held captive, they're really, you know, they've got silk yeah. sheets and they're still brought meals and, uh, yeah, you know, it's uh, not I, really being... No, I agree. I, I'm just, it was more of a joke. Okay, well, it didn't land. so we go to tywin and tyrion and tywin is writing a letter while tyrion waits to speak to him uh tywin is apparently upset with the job that tyrion did as the hand of the king primarily because of shay and bron it appears uh tyrion is a little bit sassy in, in response tywin thinks tyrion is there because he wants something and tyrion is upset that he is our ty this tywin tyrion thing is <laughs> trips you up a little bit when you're trying oh, yeah. to explain this too so uh Tyrion is upset that he is not receiving recognition for his defense of King's Landing. Tywin is, of course, very withholding and also tells Tyrion that he's super busy. Uh, Tywin eventually cuts to the chase and asks what Tyrion wants, and Tyrion wants his birthright, which is Casterly Rock. And that's when uh, Tywin goes off, says it's not happening. Uh, there's a whole bunch of uh, quotable lines about rather being eaten by maggots and you're a spiteful, ill-made, spiteful yeah, creature. Ill-made. Yeah, and you know, there's there was a, a sentence in there because I can't prove that you're not my son. Right. Um, 
So uh, I think that's a little bit of foreshadowing potentially. But long and short, he's disgusted with Tyrion, and uh, it says eventually he uh, Tyrion, and it also appears during this whole thing that he's still upset uh, that he, or at least blames Tyrion for killing. Yeah, there it is. His mother killing Tywin's wife. It's, exactly. So uh, long and short of it, Tywin says that uh, eventually you'll be rewarded with blah with uh, some stuff. I don't know, a position appropriate to your station and your abilities or some bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so, uh, but he, he's never going to receive Casterly Rock, and. Uh, and so then it's Tywin or Tyrion becomes upset, gets up, starts to walk out, and it's the funny. Oh, the, yeah. the, the closing line is uh, Tywin saying, "And the next whore I see in your bed, I'll hang," which he actually I think meant to say, uh, "The next whore I see in your bed, I'll bang." Yep. That's exactly that's, yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I got a lot of things. So, yeah, first of all, Tywin Tyrion thing. Um, you're right. Uh, you got Tywin, you got Tyrion. But then you have Jamie and Cersei. Uh, why didn't he name them like Tyla and TJ or something? <laughs> TJ or Lannister. Nate, like, yeah, uh, he why gave, did he give the name the son the, the son he hates? Give him like a close name to his own. Right. Uh, so that's interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, we get the you know basically Tyrion feels underappreciated and he basically is his dad's basically just ashamed of him uh so I feel like it's a rigged game he did a great job defending the city especially you know he inherited a a broken uh you know economy from a from a shitty administration uh we know what that's like um and uh he did a great job under the circumstances but his dad just hates him his, his dad's never going to allow him to recognize him or there's nothing Tyrion can do, basically, which is frustrating. Yeah, but I, I think he is right to a certain aspect. I mean, I think that, well, the exception of the sister and brother banging, um, you know, I do think the other Lannisters carry themselves better. Well, like, it's about in the, appearances. I, That's all it yeah, is. Yeah, right. Exactly. Be- <clears throat> because I think Tyrion was doing a good job, and certainly in the Battle of the Blackwater, it, he did. Um, so, it, and you know, it's ironic that uh, Tywin basically says Tyrion were Lannisters. We don't chase fame or glory or we don't beg for uh recognition of our accomplishments <laughs> meanwhile he was named the savior of the city yeah, by and Joffrey. Rode into a fucking horse on a on a horse in the goddamn yeah. throne room which uh, i read online uh people surmised that that was uh cersei and joffrey's attempt to minimize Tyrion's uh contribution towards the saving of the city um and, and to put all that on uh tywin by by granting that that title could make sense, but you got to think that Tywin yeah. is in control. He could just say, "We're not doing that bullshit. This is what we're gonna do." Uh, you made streamers. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> this yeah. is what's gonna happen. I don't Show think Tywin would. Yeah, I don't think Tywin would go along just with uh, Cersei's plans. So I, I don't believe that theory a hundred percent. Well, that, I mean, it would make sense then for Tywin to do that. Right. Exactly. If it was Tywin's yeah. idea, that that makes sense to me. But Ter- yeah. Cersei's idea, and then Tywin just goes along with it. No way. Uh, and a big point, I and this is something I questioned while reading the books as well. If Tyrion's not going to get Casterly Rock, what the fuck is Tywin's plan for inheritance? Yeah. What That's is what it? I was wondering too. Uh, I mean, maybe he's hoping to eventually manipulate Jaime to from uh, from abandoning his position, such yeah. that he could. Yeah, um, you're right. He tries. He tries. Yeah. I think even in the show, in the book, he definitely does. And in the show. <laughs> There's a scene where he tries to get him to leave the King's Guard. He's like, hey, we can get the uh, High Septon to relieve you of your vows. No big deal. Exactly. So I guess that's the ultimate plan, and that's why he's probably holding out on it 
because uh, he thinks he'll be able to eventually, which uh, we know he comes close at least. But he doesn't make so, any. He doesn't make any plans. There's no concrete plans. And basically, yeah, after Tywin's dead, yeah, Tyrion is a uh, wanted for his murder and wanted for the murder of Joffrey. Um, you know, wrongfully. Um, but yeah, Tyrion is the Lord of Castle Rock by <laughs> by most of the rules. Uh, besides this whole murder rap that he's got. Well, maybe it reverts back to Jeffrey or, or the, you know, or one of Joffrey's assigns. I don't know. I don't know but how it works. Yeah, I thought I it was either. patrol lineage. So, like, I don't think it could transfer from a to a daughter um, and her husband. Maybe it does. I don't know. Who cares? Good God. I don't know. <laughs> so, uh, it's funny, too, how uh, they spent uh, several or the last, like, I don't know, four or five episodes we saw Tywin interacting with Arya uh, to kind of humanize them, made him seem like a decent dude, and then, and then they just they rip off the bit. Yep. <laughs> yeah, the biggest asshole in the world again. Yep. So quickly, your uh, head will spin. Yep. Um, so. All right, so now we get this uh, scene where uh, Sansa and Shay are playing make-believe down at the docks by imagining what the, the boats are doing, uh, and they are approached by the creep Littlefinger, uh, Sansa says she's thought thought about it again and says, hey, remember how you said you'd save me and take me home? Uh, let's do that. I'm sorry I said no the first time. While they're chatting, Roz and Shay have a little bonding moment where uh, Roz says, you know, hey, we're doing pretty well for ourselves, you know, starting out as prostitutes now. We're, you know, uh, you know, servants to very important people. Um, and Roz warn Shay to watch out for Sansa when she's with that creep. Littlefinger. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Littlefinger does say he, you know, he's killed, take her away, but she's got to be ready to go at a moment's notice. Yeah. Uh, half the scene was nonsense. I, I didn't care about I didn't care for the uh, ship, ship game. I don't know what the fuck the point that was. Uh, um, I will tell you, uh, you know, and this is some bullshit I, I'm upset that I know. But um, uh, George Martin growing up in Bayonne, New Jersey, I guess is a port town. And his dad was a fisherman or a longshoreman or whatever that means. He had to deal with boats. Anyway, uh, in like an interview, he said he used to watch, go down to the docks and look at all the ships coming in with their different flags and just imagine where they were coming from or what their lives were like while he was stuck in shithole, New Jersey. Um, I... That's my guess as to why this scene exists, uh, but it's not entertaining, uh, so I think it shouldn't have been included. Was it in the books? No, absolutely not. <laughs> so then other people writing <laughs> adopted part of George R. R. Martin's childhood. Okay, yep. all right. Yep, pretty much. All right, so next we go to Danny. She's on a boat, and uh, her entire calisar is apparently sick. Dragons be fishing. Uh, they're growing fast, but not fast enough for Danny. For some fucking reason, she can't wait a year to to go on her rampage. Yep. Um, I don't understand what that's about. Uh, and we also don't really have a – we don't really have a – we see these dragons growing, but we don't have a sense of time and how long it's taken for them to grow the size. Because, yeah, they I mean, seem to have tripled in size in, like, I guess a week or how long it's been. It doesn't seem like it's been a long yeah, time. Yeah, like how long could these events have actually taken? This These these don't look like things that happens over months. Um Unless it was like Moses leading his people through the desert, I you know I don't know, uh, I don't really have a sense of time on it, no. uh, and so it's hard to like believe she can't just wait for the dragons uh, to grow fuller. I, I guess I don't know. I don't know. But so why can't she really? I mean, I don't want to I don't want to derail the scene, but 
Yeah, she's like 15, isn't she? Yeah, like they 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 just robbed uh, uh you know, they killed a man and took all his stuff and liquidated his assets uh in yeah. duck sauce. They should just hold up somewhere, feed the dragons like goats for the next Two, three, four years, however long it takes for them to get big, and then they can just take what they want. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Hey, look, exactly. uh, there's a slave army. It's mine now. Oh, what? Did I mention I have a big ass dragon? Okay. I mean, it doesn't make sense. I don't understand where this, uh, uh, I guess, sense of urgency this is coming urgency, from. Yeah. Yeah, I don't either. I, I don't either. Seems silly, but I, I mean, I guess to um, kind of keep all these moving uh, of parts. Yeah, you, you kind of have to. So um, <clears throat> they, her, uh, Danny and Jorah discuss how they're on the way to Astapor, where she can buy slave soldiers. Um, Danny doesn't necessarily want to buy slaves, but doesn't really kind of doesn't go into it very much. There's some nonsense about how Dothraki um, only appreciates strength. She'll never yeah. have a Kalasar until she proves that she's strong. But I, 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 that doesn't make I, any it, fucking sense, does it? No, it really doesn't. Uh, I mean, I think it's just a bunch of nonsense dialogue because they need to show that Danny's on the move and they just check in with her. Uh, but God, this this was pretty stupid. Yeah, this, this was the scene I really didn't like out of the episode. Yeah, even the later Danny scene was fine compared to this. Uh, but yeah, the the comment that uh, the Jora Jora says you have to be bold, or until you're a bold person, they'll never you'll never be a true cows. What are you talking about? These are my people. They're on a fucking boat, and no other people have been on a boat. They're yeah. in. They bought in. Number one. Number two. This is all just trying to set up what she does later to get the unsullied. This is just trying to give it some backstory or say, hey, it's coming. Instead of we didn't need a like a a reason. We don't need like. Oh, you know the reason why she betrayed the slave master and had him burned and just stole the dra- the uh, uh, unsullied was because Jora um, gave her a little pep talk. Yeah, 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 yeah. I guess. I, I mean, I think we we already know that she doesn't like slaves, though. I, I, I God, yeah. This is just silly, silly nonsense. Uh, it's yes. fine. Yeah, right. yeah. So where do we go next? Okay, so uh, let's see. Davos shows up at Dragonstone, and he meets with Stannis and Melisandre. And Davos starts talking shit about how Melisandre is sacrificing human beings. Mel says, hey, you know that battle that you told him not to bring me at? Uh, if I would have been there, we would have totally won. Uh, you know, something that can't be proven. Um, and, uh, you know... I guess she has a point, but it's, she's kind of a real bitch about the whole thing. Uh, anyway, she goads Davos into attacking her by mentioning all the people that died, especially his son, and how, you know, death by... Don't worry, Davos. Death by fire is the best way to go. That's some pretty fucked up th- shit to say to somebody. So, of course, Davos loses it and pulls out a knife and tries to stab her. Stopped immediately by Stannis' guards, and Stannis has him locked up while Melisandre talks shit on the way out, saying that she'll pray for him. Uh, what do you think? That's pretty. It was pretty brutal. Um, well, the first thing I, I thought of is, you know, that's a really looking cool looking throne room. Um, you know, I, I forgot that has like, you know, has that badass table. Yeah, also, you, you like know about the table. Open. You keep mentioning it. You love that table. Yeah, I love that table. And then it's open looking out to the sea. But man, that has to be drafty. Um, but anyways, so um, yeah, I don't. This is um, this Davos's assassination attempt might be even more poorly thought out than that uh, prior uh, Septon that tried to assassinate her. I mean, like if he if he wanted to get a knife out, why did he, I mean? Well, yeah, that's, he like winds up and like he's standing near the guards, like 
it, it, it would have been easy to kill her if you wanted to. I'm glad you mentioned that because in the books, yeah. it's more magical. Um, it's not oh, magical or somebody on Salad Bar's ship just talks shit if it wasn't Salad Bar himself. Because basically, okay. he just shows up on the island and he's greeted by guards and say, you're locked up for the attempted murder of oh, yeah, <laughs> that's right. And yep. he's like, what? I was going to try to kill her, but I've just showed up. Um, so... Uh, here it doesn't. It doesn't. It takes all the magic away, and she just using her sly. Hey, I'm gonna mention your dead son to make you angry and get you locked up. Um, it just seems more cheap somehow. I don't know. I agree with you. Um, it, it, but she was brutal. I mean, that was pretty damn brutal. That's some fucked uh, up shit to say to somebody. Yeah, really. Um, yeah, and she's also making these claims that she they would have won if she was there. I mean, how how do you even like substantiate that? You this uh, you know it's un, unknowable, unprovable. We talked but about I, just you know I guess yeah. one big smoke monster or, or hundreds of them. She's just like she. You ever heard of the Houston Five Hundred? Oh no, no. <laughs> Everybody, Google if you're at work. Stop what you're doing. Don't Google you do it? Don't Houston Five Hundred. Not safe for life. Anyway, um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's a great question. What magic trick would she pull? Have pulled out of her asshole to save Stannis's army in the Blackwater? Uh, I, once again, it doesn't really matter because it's unprovable, unknowable. So she can talk all the shit she wants because she'll never be proven wrong. So I guess I mean the only thing I can think of is somehow the Lord of Light would have imbued more strength to the people that were there because. What have we seen so far from her? We've seen her do uh, shitty predictions. Yeah, the shitty predictions uh, and the smoke monster. For other people, and then... She, yeah, can, uh, she can drink poison. Yeah, so what What could she have actually done? Uh, I don't know. I You think what Stannis would be more um, circumspect, of, I'm not sure if that's the right word, uh, suspicious of whether she actually could have done, done what she's saying that she could have done. Briss. Um, Shut up. So, uh, I mean, uh, like, what can she actually do if they're down 10 to 1 as far as soul? So, yeah. You know? Less than two minutes ago. I mean, you're going yeah. to <laughs> you're have to get that onside kick. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, it's, 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 a, it's a great question. But like I said, the way it's set up, it's unprovable unless she proves herself in the next battle. Um, right. And she doesn't really, in the even in the books or like in the battle... The only battle that she's a part of that I remember is the one against the um, the wildlings at the wall, and she doesn't need any magic tricks. Uh, in the book, she burns an eagle alive, which is kind of cool, but she doesn't turn the tide. The tide, there's no tide to turn. They just wreck, you know. Yeah, I, don't, I never thought that the wildling victory had anything to do with magical power. It doesn't, whatsoever. which is why I'm saying no. like uh, this is just shit talk because she has nothing to back it up. And then later in the battle of the not the battle of the bastards when stannis attempts to uh storm uh storm uh, that castle uh we haven't been there forever with the, the uh, uh winterfell yes i mean she, her she's there and her magic doesn't do shit so yeah, yeah uh, and well no it melts snow one little girl <laughs> equals a little bit of melted snow but the snow comes <laughs> back yeah and it allows yeah. somebody to jump from a wall and <laughs> at 40 foot wall and land in snow and get away right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Who cares? Let's. I'm yeah. sick of it. So moving on. Uh, Joffrey. Uh, so we go to see Joffrey in a litter, and uh, yeah. he is apparently going through flea bottom. Didn't learn his lesson the last time. Speaking of litter, was- it looked like a cat cage, almost like you know one of those like travel yeah. things you you take like uh, you know a kennel or something. 
Yeah, I, I meant to look this up. This, these were actually things that they used, uh, but it's odd looking. Yeah. So they stop unexpectedly because Marjorie apparently decides to exit to visit an orphanage. Reminded uh, me of the scene in Jurassic Park when uh, <laughs> Laura Dern jumps out of the, the Jeep to go uh, help the rhinoceros who's uh, having issues. But you know, they do move in herds. That's cool. Yes. So then we see uh, Doo-Doo being thrown out a window. All really cool. Uh, she is in – then uh, Marjorie's in the orphanage. She's uh, talking to the orphans, uh, explaining how their fathers perished to save the city, how their fathers were heroes. She's handing out gifts and life lessons uh, left and right. Tells the orphans that she's going to take care of the kids um, and then also tells the sept of the same thing. And uh, Joffrey is apparently baffled that someone is being nice to other people. Befuddled, if you will. Yeah, yeah. So then we go to a dinner party with Cersei, Joff, Loras, and March. And Cersei is being very surly, uh, talking smack about the visit, but Marjorie kind of deflects all the barbs that Cersei throws at her. Joff is apparently on Marjorie's side, which uh, pisses off Cersei. Um, Joff blames her opinion about being being uh, down a flea bottom as dangerous on her being old. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Yeah, and then in response, Cersei mocks, jo- mocks Joff's toughness. And um, just a Marjorie- healthy relationship. Yeah. Oh, it's messed up. It's great. Uh, Marjorie describes how the Tyrells have been sending food, and it was really funny. The best part of the scene was uh, Joffrey could he like almost couldn't say the phrase charitable work. He like stumbled like, over your the- uh, being uh, nice. How you say? Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Um, interesting uh, set of scenes. It really set up, I think, Marjorie. Um, I think that we know enough about Marjorie to know that she is uh, she's in it to be the queen um, and to be like the most popular queen. I mean, I think it's uh, it's it really set up how she knows how to manipulate the yeah, people. She's a populist. She wants yeah, to appeal the to bottom, the people, the higher and the lower people, you know, because even though Cersei is apparently pissed off because she can't manipulate Marjorie. Marjorie knows how to deflect her and like put the things not against her, but in such a way not to piss her off that Cersei can't go like she's sassing me, fucking kill her. Instead, she's like just bothering all the low key basis. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but my biggest question is obviously it's a strategy. We know that much about Marge, large Marge, that she's, uh, you know, ambitious and she wants to be the queen. Uh, and she's using the tactic of love instead of fear for leadership. Uh, but how much of this is actually genuine? I don't really get a great feeling for that because it seems like she kind of cares. Uh, so it doesn't seem like she's completely, you know, she's not like Cersei who she's, you know, who leads with fear but really doesn't care uh, or is pretty much indifferent uh, towards the common people. Um, I don't think Marge is 100% indifferent or and she's definitely not 100% authentic as far as her concern for the rabble. Yeah, I don't know if it's either one of the two opposite poles. Yeah, I, 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 don't, kinda, I don't know. I don't think so either. I'm saying it's somewhere in between, but I don't know what degree to, to what degree. I, I tend to lean towards the manipulative part of it because of the way we've seen her treat other people. Um, and also, you know, her interaction with, uh, say, like Littlefinger a few episodes ago where, what do you want? I want everything. And also some of her later her later scenes, too. Um, I don't know. I really think did. if you're going to do something like that, you do it more public. If you were really more, you know, you wouldn't have done it in a closed room. You would have made a big show of it with the reporters and TMZ filming the whole thing. 
Well, uh, that's the thing is, I think it's more effective if you don't do that. It's more you know? off, quote unquote authentic. It's just like a exactly. natural. Yeah, yeah. It wouldn't be in the more. She, she's. A, I think Marjorie is more fleshed out in the show uh, yeah, than in the books. Yeah, sure. and it would have been more interesting if they kind of uh, give you a little bit more hint of which way that uh, in that dichotomy she leans, um, but they don't really. Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. Um, so now uh, we go to uh, Asterpore. And actually, I'm sorry. Let me let's back up one second. Okay. I also want to point out that. This is uh, kind of the beginning of where the we get the uh, the impression that the Tyrells are are for for a large part kind of propping up the Lannister power at this point because I mean they're feeding they're feeding King's Landing at this point but at at the same time while the Tyrells are kind of propping up the uh, Lannisters the Tyrells are like clearly or not clearly there um, in the background you could tell they just hate the Lannisters of they're pieces of shit. Uh, which is really funny. And then we start, we see like the embodiment of that character, the Queen of um, Thorns, coming in a few episodes, I think. <laughs> yeah, I hope uh, so. I sure hope yeah, so. So it, it's an interesting shift um, I, that, I, that we see going forward. Now that you mention it, I will say that we we even mentioned this a couple of uh, episodes last season ago, whatever, uh, how they did a terrible job showing how poor and in need of food the King's Landing folks were in. Uh, we had the riot, but other than that, we really didn't get a sense of like people were starving and like you know people were paying an absurd amount for fresh vegetables and you know bread and shit. Um, uh, and, and they could have like had the Tyrells just they could have had a scene with like uh, a couple carts bringing in food uh, and the people being relieved or something. I don't know. Hey, courtesy of the Tyrells. Yeah, yeah. Vote Tyrell. Yeah. Uh, I guess I don't know. It just it seemed like this wasn't set up. Like how much they're propping him up, like they're just saying it instead of showing it. Which and at the same time, you know that, that you can just tell everything says that they just hate them. <laughs> they, the, uh, oh yeah, that they're just the doing it now that they're on just board. to gain power. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So interesting. Okay, so now we go back to Asterpore, where Danny has arrived, uh, and she meets with a slaver who sells slave warriors, and he gives this grand sales presentation. Uh, where all the you know soldiers are lined up and they're in formation, they haven't eaten for a day and a night, and they do the thing where the guy speaks a different language, so he's insulting them the entire time while the translator is churching up the whole thing for him. Um, and when the question, the uh, the bravery of these warriors called the Unsullied is questioned by Jora, the slave master cuts off one of the guy's nipples, and he doesn't really uh, even flinch. Um, we get uh, the story about how how badass the Unsullied are and how they're not really people. And to graduate from uh, Unsullied University, you have to buy a baby on the street from its mother and kill it in front of it and then pay for the baby, and which is gross enough. But then we find out the money is not for the mother. It's for the owner of the mother and baby um, since they are slaves in Astropor. Uh And he says he has 8000 to sell. Later, uh, we can yeah we can talk about that in a second. But later, yeah. Jorah and Danny discuss their options on the docks, whether to buy it, whether she should be, it'd be a good idea to buy slave soldiers because then you're basically a slaver uh, yourself. Uh, when Danny, for some reason, thinks this dirty hippie, creepy child uh, is endearing and like you know follows her, smiles at her, but the hippie kid turns out to be a warlock. Uh, and we find this out because this 
guy who's been shadowing him uh, goes to attack the little girl, and she drops her ball. Inside the ball was a magical scorpion. Um, but before the scorpion can attack Danny, Barristan Selmy comes out of nowhere, and he's the guy that uh, came out and protected her, and he stabs a scorpion and saves a day. Um, says he's been looking for her because he wants to pledge his allegiance to Danny uh, and be part of her Queen's Guard. That was a lot. Yeah, the the uh, the whole the guy selling the slaves that was I thought that was kind of silly and over the top. Yep. I you know if this guy's such a great salesman or leader or whatever the hell he's supposed to be, you think he know better that like maybe somebody possibly could understand what I'm saying that like. Not not everybody doesn't understand my language. Not just me and my twin made up this stupid language, you know. Right. Um, so I thought that was silly. The nipple thing, um, I couldn't watch. I, I get the shock factor, but uh, I, I did not care for that at all. Yeah, it was in that, the book. Yeah, it's not like oh, they was it? on it. Yeah, it's still just gross. But yeah. I think in the books, didn't they like instead of killing the baby, I think they gave all the, the soldiers or something. Yeah. Yeah. And then they had to kill them. Yeah. They give them when puppies. Got, and then once they, to graduate, they had to kill the puppy. Yeah. Yeah. They get once, once you, uh, had your balls cut off, that's when you got your puppy. Oh you no, they might the, have to kill babies too. I can't remember. Yeah. Um, man. <laughs> okay. So, I, I like the, your, your opinion. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. So I, it's the, the, um, the, 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 the little lizard thing, or not lizard, uh, scorpion thing. I, I, I hate like the fake drama. I don't know why she didn't just like jump up and run away from that. They just yeah. jump up. It's like when it. somebody's getting, uh, you know, chased by something that can only go in a straight line, and you're just like, hey, go right or left. And yeah, exactly. Know, they just don't. Like a, a arrows. Um, and I think they in, in the books, and I know like the whole who's accompanying Danny is so much different, but it wasn't like, didn't sell me like. Uh, show up and pretend to be somebody else for a long time. And yeah, then... he doesn't come right out. Um, because, yeah. Because Jorah, I don't know, has ever seen Barrison. He just, I guess, heard of him. But um, he pretends to be this guy called Arson Whitebeard, uh, who's a squire in service to this awesome fat guy called uh, Strong Bellwas, a character yeah. that I wish was included uh. in the show. That guy is so great. Uh, he's basically just a big fat uh, slob of a man who's really dumb, but he kicks fucking ass. He kills people left and right, um, and he gets a lot of awesome screen time in the book. Uh, but of course, I guess you know if he's not fuckable, he's not going to be on Game of Thrones. So. Yeah, the, the the real shame of it is that they re- replace him in some scenes with that uh, the fuck boy. Um, oh yeah, Dario. Yeah, Dario. yeah, yeah. Like uh, that scene outside of the one of the slaver kingdoms where it's a. Uh, uh, they send out their champions to fight each other. Yeah, um, yeah and that's uh, and Bellos does that and kills the guy, cuts his head off, and then I think poops on him yeah. on top of that. <laughs> it's, <laughs> really on it's pretty fucking yeah. awesome. Yeah. In addition to that, he's got a big belly and he cuts himself um, before no, every... No, he, he allows himself to be cut. Oh, okay, that's what time. it is. And then he murders that's... the person after that. Look at you yeah. bringing the knowledge. Yeah, actually, I remember that because I like Bellwas so much in the he's books. He's so fucking awesome. He's just uh, yeah. so likable. Yeah, uh, really fun. Yeah, because he talks like uh, he talks like uh, Bubba Gump uh, throughout the whole thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, whatever that guy's name was, Bubba, yeah. whatever. All right. Yeah. Uh, so that was the end of the episode. Uh, well, actually, I, I just real quick. Oh, uh, so, I, where did the where did that assassin baby come from, or assassin toddler? I guess because I I, I think it's 
with the had the purple mouth sword, and then she said, "It's a she warlock." She had to explicitly say it was the warlocks. Yeah. So where the fuck? The, but I thought that. Uh, and remember how we had the discussion warlocks plural, yeah. and we only saw one warlock the entire fucking time. Like I unless said, it was a bunch of warlocks that all looked the same. I, I, but I, that could have at least been set up or told to us. Okay. If, yeah, if the, if no, the little I, girl would have turned into Pyat Pri again, I would have been like, okay, that you know that makes a little sense or something. I don't know. Yeah, and I, I mean, I guess I just assumed that she wiped out all the warlocks when she was in there, but I don't really have any clue. Yeah, because we the just saw one guy. Died. We only saw one warlock. <laughs> right. Uh, and was that was that part in the books? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a little. Yeah, I think a little kid um, begs for money and. Sell, sell, tries to sell Danny uh, the trinket that opens up, and Arston comes out of nowhere. Bearson sell me, uh, and he has like a staff, and he knocks the thing out of Danny's hand. I think he almost breaks her arm or wrist by doing it um, to save her ass, which is why he's like tackled. And uh, it's a little bit more drama there. But- oh, so she doesn't just lay on the ground and stare at it for uh, fifteen twenty seconds no. to wait for. T- <laughs> so she doesn't just get up and get a can of raid. Jesus. Yeah. And I and I, I just why like uh it just so like it's a it looks like a scorpion and the book is even crazier though so I guess I'll, I'll excuse the show a little bit but it's like it's a scorpion that has like a death skull on its stinger and it's kind of that that neon like oil paint like like some of these crazy cars that are that look like it's a stain of oil on the ground and has this kind of like rainbow metallic uh thing to it. I don't know. I just, I just don't. I just don't like Danny. <laughs> yeah, I'm <laughs> with you. Because that's what it comes down to. <laughs> there you go. All right. So, uh, what are our feelings now that I've talked about the show? I, I, I have to say it's it seems underwhelming. I was going to give it a two point five, but I'm going to give it a two just because I think it's it's pretty underwhelming for uh, the first episode in the season. We really don't see where things are going. I don't know. Yeah, but they tend to do that in the first episodes of seasons, it seems like, or at least to my recollection. Um, just kind of check in with all the characters because it's been a while. Been a while. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I'm with you. But, I, you know, I, th- I think it's one that um, was better upon watching and uh, kind of lost some of the sheen when we tried to it. dig into it. Okay, yeah. yeah, you can convince me. Uh, 2.5. Yeah, I, I'm with you. It's an average episode of Game of Thrones, which is still better than most television shows. Agreed. Um, and like I said, yeah. uh, I, 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 there was nothing in here that was just very cringeworthy. Um, it was solid, but uh, you know, with not without criticism, obviously. Yeah, I agree with you. So okay, so that wraps this one up. Um, I, I, so I'll give that a Totino's. No, not Totino's. That's not good enough. Uh, to, have you had are we Totino's? talking pizza roll or are we talking the the regular pizza? Because I kind of like the regular, regular pizza. I kind of like the regular pizza. Have you had it recently? No, I had it in college when it was like ninety nine cents, and I was I, I, it, that and ramen noodles. Shit, tried one a few months ago, and it was one of the worst things I've ever eaten. <laughs> um, well, did you overcook it? No, you know what? I think that might have been the problem. Uh, so I'll give it a tombstone pizza. Uh, tombstone, yeah, that's solid. That's middle of the road. You know, that's not great. So DiGiorno's. Um, <laughs> I, I can't tell whether it's delivery um, okay. or not. 
what? Yeah. All right. So middle of the road. Um, yes. Yeah. I'm I'm excited. I not excited. I'm looking forward to uh, enjoying watching this show every fucking week for the next couple weeks. Because um, yeah, season two was a little bit of a a slog. I gotta say. Yes. Agreed. Okay, guys, uh, thanks for joining us. As always, um, I'm going to tell you to go uh, rate and review us on iTunes, and you're not going to do it, but that's fine uh, because I love you anyway. Uh, but please watch or listen to our sister podcast, uh, The Shameful Dead. comes out on Tuesdays as well. You can probably download not it right my now. my sister. Yeah, and uh, Brian will be on this week, and we're excited to finally have him on. Uh, he's going to finally let us know what he feels about the show. It's shit. Okay, no need to have them on, so we'll cancel that. All right, guys, uh, take care, and we'll see you next Tuesday. Thank you, everyone. And literally one. <laughs> <laughs>